Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Is Robert Mueller a doddering old fool? Or is he crazy like a fox? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. So I try to look at the news of the week and figure out what it really means and what it really means to us. It all looks like theater to me. It's never really about profoundly important policy. The Robert Mueller testimony, which focused on his report of Russian collusion uh, on behalf of the Trump administration or obstruction of justice on behalf of the Trump administration, even if anything anybody wanted to pin on these guys was true, it still doesn't get to any meat of the matter. What policies are we worried about Russia influencing? What what are the real policies at stake here? And are these the greatest threats to our liberty, to our policies, to our way of life? I think the scandal itself is the greatest threat to our system, to liberty, to justice. From using this to federalize elections, which would make our elections much, much more vulnerable than the decentralized system it is now. They would have to hit state by state in or and supposedly they did. I don't believe it for a minute, but that's one of the things that this could lead to that would be a threat to our liberty. Other things are specifically with regard to the Mueller testimony from this week, where across the board, people suggested that this guy came off like a doddering fool, senile, not the true author of even his press release, much less this Mueller report. That in itself serves to undermine faith in the system. Now, if you know me, if you know my show, you realize I'm a libertarian in the extreme to the point where I'm an anarcho-capitalist. I actually believe that this territorial monopoly on the use of force, this monopoly government is has a conflict of interest with our with with what we would actually do if we were governing ourselves and defending our own liberty because the power that they have relies on our sense of physical and fiscal insecurity. And because they are they have that power, I'm not one to say, oh, you've got to respect you know, the government. But I'm an anarcho-capitalist because I don't believe in, the, in that overarching government having total power. Doesn't mean I'm not for order. I believe society is self-ordering. But okay, we don't have that society right now. I'm pretty happy with... If you're going to have this overarching monopoly on the use of force, in my opinion, the American experiment was the last the last gasp, the last hope for a just government, a self-limiting government. And because of the Bill of Rights, in my opinion, 
we've managed to keep at bay the actually Leviathan government that the Constitution itself has as its potential. It's really not as limiting as I would like it, like as the Articles of Confederation were. But we have the Bill of Rights. So we have all these protections that are the trade-off for this very powerful government. So since we live in this system, the I want to take to actually be protected by the protections that we've gotten from big government, from uh, from exploitation by those people who have that monopoly power. And part of that is making sure that justice is done, true justice, justice in a in uh, an orderly fashion, particularly process. Process is very important. Jury trials, transparency. I really focus on this stuff because it's our only way to really make sure that we have these protections. So when you have attempts from different quarters to say the system as it is doesn't work, process doesn't work, we need to go outside the system, they're not talking about an anarcho-capitalist sense of pure self-defense and no monopoly of coercion. They're talking about riots and group justice, collective justice, social justice, none of which means anything, in my opinion. Individuals are the ones who suffer. Individuals are the ones who act. Individuals are the ones who have rights that need to be protected. So I've been noticing over uh, last year, especially numerous cases where people would come out and say, we have to take matters into our own hands because the system isn't working. And they use Trump as an example. He shouldn't be president. Even if democracy is the reason he's there or a democratic system, then that's failing. I, I coined an expression, right, rules are rules, but right is right. Or facts are facts, but truth is truth. That The rules are rules, but right, and right, right is right was actually a quote from one of the guys who did the Starbucks, I would say, PSYOP, public relations thing, where he... He broke the rules of Starbucks. They called the cops. They, the guys were unruly, according to the police report. But these guys were hailed as heroes. And their, their, the mantra or the, the bottom line with this guy was rules are rules, but right is right. So I don't have to follow the rules because I know what's right. And I and um, my producer Binkley, of course, always uh, at the ready with great insights and uh, research material. He's been right along with me in this. And he was focusing a lot on Michael Moore kind of taking the same angle. Binkley, first of all, hi, how are you? Fantastic. How are you? <laughs> Doing great. I uh, I noticed when this Mueller thing first came down this week. So the Mueller report came out and then Mueller was called to testify before Congress. And uh, his testimony was widely regarded as sketchy at best. And I noticed a tweet by Michael Moore that said basically uh, – all you people who thought you would get justice by waiting for the Mueller report, you can just STFU, shut up right now or whatever. And that to me clicked that the reason the Mueller report, the, the reason Mueller was coming off as senile was, was to serve a different agenda. And that gave me a clue as to one of the possible agendas, which would be if you think the system is working you had your chance. You waited patiently. It's not working. Time for phase two. Do you, does that seem consistent with Michael Moore's basic position? I'm not as familiar with him. Yeah, as you it's are. time for the young people to lead. Michael Moore pushes that. 
Do, does he? Do you feel like he comes out with the the law doesn't really matter kind of stuff Absolutely. like the rest of them? He's very much a revolutionary. He tries to position himself that way. And it's funny that you should say it's time for the young to lead is one of his things because, but because Parkland and Mueller, the two, I'm going to call them, you know, they're both whatever the nature of the actual incident is. The they are being exploited for agenda. So Parkland had both features that the Mueller thing seems to have. One is they did say uh, repeatedly, like in their little like speeches, uh, don't worry about following the rules. And even these walkouts, supposedly the student walkouts at school to protest gun rights or whatever, they they were told like not to worry about breaking rules. And that's when that whole age dialectic was launched. The dialectic meaning one side against the other. And then you get to a middle ground, which is really was the purpose of that whole game in the first place. And I actually, a couple of years ago, said, watch out for an age dialectic coming down because it's one of the few things that they haven't exploited yet, just simply because it hadn't been exploited. So, and now with Mueller, uh, this one was, I thought this was a great insight of yours about how that, the Mueller thing plays into it, to the age. Oh, dialectic. the age thing. Yeah, making him seem senile because he's too old. He's about the same age as Trump. Same thing they're doing with Biden, making him seem kind of senile because he's too old. I think that down the road a little bit, it's going to be, well, you see how senile all these old people are. Trump's the same age as them. He, you can't nominate a senile old person. And I think they might even would take it one step further because with the Parkland stuff, they were saying the young guys, we should lower the voting age. I mean, one of the, you had a funny thing. It sounded like a parody, but like the guys didn't even seem to be joking. Like there should be no lower limit to who can vote. Yeah, it's, w- once it, it becomes pod, life, yep, you can vote. Podcast America or whatever. <laughs> and uh, so... I wonder if they'll put an upper limit on voting. Say, okay, 15 to 75 can vote or 15 to 65. That's a good point. Or just working age because I, I don't like the age dialectic is so funny to me because everybody gets older. Like you're you're going to move from one identity to another. It's it's a mutable. It's mutable. It's going to change. And you can recognize that in this lifespan, you have some years where you're not working. So people are like, oh, people make uh, people. We need a We need a higher minimum wage because you can't raise a family of four on ten dollars an hour. It's like, but you're not. You're a 15 year old getting money for uh, Starbucks. You know, you're not. It, different ages have different needs. You can't just have these blanket ideas. And there and. As as they try to use technology to separate the generations, which they definitely do, you can see that, like the kids are being raised by their phones, basically. They are separating people out, but there is a certain level of maturity and experience that's required for you to have the perspective of how much power you want to give these people, how much you want to trust them. Even if your ideology doesn't change, you have to assess the, the way that the system is set up and how easy it is to exploit and for that reason alone put some limits and even if you want to like put everybody's money in a pool and then hand it out again who's holding the bucket (laughs) michael moore perhaps yeah he's he it is kind of hard to swallow when some of these guys who are so so 
rich and successful in the system. Do I mean when Alec Baldwin does like bank commercials, you just yeah. you just kind of like, oh my goodness gracious. So I wouldn't trust those people to tell you what your politics should be either. And they're not 15. You know, they're the man. Right. They're the ones <laughs> programming the 15-year-olds. Right. So uh, I love the clips that you pulled of the Mueller testimony. I think that that's over and over again, you can see patterns both from the congressman and from Mueller's responses that I think give the lie to the idea that this is all spontaneous and authentic. Did I mean, what was your impression? I didn't see a senile old man. I saw uh, a lifelong operative effectively using the deflection and deception skills that he'd been trained to use his entire career. For to to give what impression? For for one, I, I think he wanted to give off that impression that he was old. I also think that he wanted to fill up the time and not actually answer any challenging questions that he was presented with. That's interesting. And since the congressman seemed to be playing right along with this whole act. I wouldn't be surprised if that was on everyone's agenda because, and we can also get into this, there is, if you look at the Mueller report, there is no solid evidence of <laughs> yeah. Russian, even though they all say there was. And all of these narratives where the congressmen are saying Trump did this, Trump did that, he said this, he said that, that stuff is just, it's actually double hearsay. It's not even in evidence in the Mueller report. I can explain that later on when we get to some of the details, but- it would be hard to field real questions because there were no real answers in that very long and overrated report. It was nothing, <laughs> nothing the whole time. I know. All right, so let's take a break. And I'm happy to, if people agree that he's senile or not senile or there's a, a, a game at work, give me a call, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Evil does seek to maintain power by suppressing the truth. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We're going to go straight to the phones. 404-872-0750. I'm going to Harry in Woodstock. Harry, you're on with Monica. Well, hello. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I just wanted to make a comment about the report. Uh, the It looked to me like it was completely slanted not only from uh, his point of view, but from the people he had hired to do it, and that he was avoiding the questions by saying, I didn't hear it, I didn't understand, that's something I won't speak on. So he really, it was all a big uh, uh, puff of smoke. It didn't mean anything. And uh, thank you for letting me uh, get on your program. That's great. Thanks so much, Harry. So uh, I have to say, I think that, that is part of the agenda. I also think there was enough ambiguity in it. I call it the art of ambiguity, where both sides could latch on to what seems to be uh, uh, an agenda that supports their opinion already. And let's talk about both sides of that. It's the classic, what I, whatever, you know, it's known as the dialectic. That's not in everybody's like daily lexicon, but it's you take two sides, you pit them against each other. And the answer, the end product is what the policy goal was from the people who orchestrated it from the top in the first place. So you kind of get caught in this trap and you think, let's see if we think it's real or not real. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. No, never give up, never surrender. On News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. 
I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on WSB. And you know what? Binkley tells me that our regulars are tuning in on schedule. Read that tweet for the for the listeners, Binkley. All right. Alan says that he just got off the mower and was pleased to hear that you're on WSB. And he's getting ready to cook on the grill and have you on on the outside speakers at the shed outback. I'm assuming that he has five acres on a mountaintop because <laughs> if I was his neighbor and I wasn't, it's it maybe is an acquired taste, the Monica Perez show blasting out your back to, backyard on a Saturday. He put a beautiful picture of the fire he's, he's lighting up right now. Oh, that's now. awesome. And I always like his dog likes the show too, from what I recall. <laughs> so thank you very much. I do love the, the regulars. So, uh, so yeah, we were talking before the break, Harry called and he said he thought that the Mueller report was totally biased uh, by both Mueller and the people who prepared it for him. So I want to explore that for a second. Binkley and I are are tuned into like the fake stuff. And actually my mother says, uh, she always says like, Oh, you think everything is fake. Then of course, when Trump starts saying fake news, she's like, Oh, everything's fake. (laughs) Like, okay, ma, when I say it, your daughter who you trust, who you've known for personally, I have to get Trump to back me up on this. But I'll tell you, I would say from 75% to 90% of the time, when we flag something, it comes out to be on the money. Usually, I think so. I mean, I think we have a very good track record here. And both of us, both of us noticed after a while that Mueller never says anything. He does not seem to be engaged in writing this report at all. We were definitely alerted to the fact that that dog was not barking. I thought at one point that maybe he's dead already. I was, me too. I was like, like I was such a Star Trek fan. There was one where the guy, like the your character or whatever was like literally yeah. not alive anymore yeah, puppet. <laughs> it's like a real puppet so i figured he was just a, such a tried and true deep state operative that they could use him as a front man for whatever it is they wanted to do but i didn't anticipate that it was going to be part of the story yeah that is interesting mm-hmm. so we saw that coming and it did but Okay, so so I think that the way this is unfolding was in the cards. I think the congressmen are playing along, and uh, I think we can demonstrate that. Rachel, can we can we hear? Uh, is it clip seven? Clip seven. Yeah. Although your report states collusion is not so specific offense, and you've said that this morning, or a term of art in federal criminal law, conspiracy is, in the colloquial context, are collusion and conspiracy essentially synonymous terms? You're going to have to repeat that for me. Collusion is not a specific offense or a term of art in the federal criminal law. Conspiracy is, in the colloquial context, Known public context, collusion, collusion and conspiracy are essentially synonymous terms, correct? No. That was a Georgia congressman, Collins, right? Am I wrong? Am I right about that, Binkley? Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw him. Uh, so, so to me, that was not the only example. We can use other examples where, like, he asked the question. He could he did not pronounce colloquial correctly. There was a lot of alliteration. Colloquial, collusion, context, conspiracy. 
and he doesn't say it right. So if if he had made a very clear question, it would have been a little harder for Mueller to flop around on the deck of the ship. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you think, doesn't it feel like, and I'm not saying Collins was in on it, but it helped whoever was writing that stuff, because clearly he was reading it, Collins, because he was stumbling over the words. He was reading it. it Even it, yeah. Ratcliffe was reading his rant. He was ranting and angry, and you could see him like looking down at his notes yeah. as he continued down his rant. So there, somebody's writing the stuff for them, too. Yeah, the, the question, the easy question is, there is no federal collusion law correct collusion isn't a crime is it yeah no and and there's a second part to that answer too where it gets even more confusing of that back and forth like part of that clip so what and oh oh really it's even more confusing and Mueller flops around Mueller kind of switches his answer in the second half of it and then you leave going I don't really know how he answered that question yeah I feel like there was a lot of that and if the congressman hadn't teed it up just so, it wouldn't have been as easy. Oh, we've got, we have to play the other one. I want to take, Tariq is on the line. I love Tariq, so I'm going to take that call. But, I mean, I take every call in order. But I, I'm going to get to that call. While Why don't we cue up the clip where the guy asks him about US attor- being U.S. attorney in Boston? Okay. Okay. All right. So let's go to uh, Tariq. Tariq, how you doing? I'm doing great. Once again, I appreciate uh, what you all do for us. First of all, not for one second do I think Mueller wasn't faking that. And then I wonder, why did he do that? I believe that's part of his uh, strategy to discourage him being required to, um, you know, to be a witness further. Oh, Uh, yes. And I think it might be, of course, it's just me thinking, but... I mean, to me, anybody that even takes the time to think could have thought that man didn't get that uh, much dementia in a year or two. I, I, who believes that? Yeah, but and it's, even it's so, discouraging. the it's early stages discouraging. of dementia are actually not as coherent as that. People really yeah. freak out. Well, I know, but I, I, I don't believe it for a minute. No, I don't. It doesn't seem right to me. The discouraging thing, this is yet another example of how the collective has their tentacles are everywhere. Even some of those representatives, you know, they give it in the past. I don't think they believe for one second that man was, you know, an old daughter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And so this is just another example. And it goes on and on. And it just reminds me of something that uh, Socrates said long ago yeah. about democracy and the fact that he had a problem and, and, and really didn't like it because when you have a lot of people that aren't that vote without wisdom, then that's when you have problems. And you, and you can look at the last couple of hundred years here, and you know, no matter what subject you pick out, to me, for the most part, it goes back to collective, even even libertarians. Uh, yeah, I'm going to let you I'm keep sorry. talking. I'm not. No, I'm not going to cut you off on that because I like to be challenged where I live. But then I want to go back to well, the well, democracy no, no. question. What, no, what I'm saying yeah. is. A, a lot of the forms of what libertarians believe are really more in line with what the founding fathers had in mind when they designed our whole system. Yes, you know? I agree with and, that. And even the stuff overseas and trying to, we didn't really get bad until well, when, when Teddy Roosevelt, you know, World, World War I. Came in. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, World War One. So. But anyway, I want to ask you a question, I, a more sure. philosophical question, and then I'm going to get back to the topic at hand. But, 
this idea of democracy and Socrates and universal suffrage, and now we're talking about, like with Parkland, they want to lower the age of voting lower and lower and lower. So when you talk about a, a wisdom being essential to a functioning democracy, are you... Do you personally have a view? I mean, you take in a lot of stuff. Do you personally have a view? Is democracy the right way to go? Is it? Do you have to modify it? What's your? What is your opinion? Look, for the same reason he had a problem with it potentially, I feel like the masses overall, for for many different reasons, don't acquire enough knowledge about what's going on. So that I am so happy that even though fortunately we are. A, uh, a constitutional republic, but we really haven't been functioning as a constitutional republic for what a century. And just think, if we didn't have uh, electoral college, which the collective would love to get rid of that. And besides, a lot of those votes they got, I wonder how many of them were illegal. I mean, cast by people that weren't citizens. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know if they won by three million. I really doubt but it. But that's why if you keep it at the state level and you keep the electoral college that you can cordon off that problem. If California wants to give its vote to people who are not citizens, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they do. They have their their electoral college. They can do it however they want. I, I actually <laughs> think it's a way to keep but you said we haven't been a constitutional republic in a hundred years. Well, well I mean technically that's our form of government, but you can look at a lot of the signs, you know, the way, for instance, our uh, legislation, you know, Congress and the Senate, how they have relegated a lot of their responsibility to other entities, for instance, the deep state, you know. Oh, of course, administrative law is totally unconstitutional because it's the executive branch making laws. So, right, right. yeah, and, I got you. And, and that's why they nut up. I'm sorry. That's why they get so upset when they don't have control of the Supreme Court, because a lot of these things, we, even at this point, we don't have, they don't have enough support by the electorate countrywide. So they have to depend on the, on the, the uh, judicial system. And they really, it really accelerated around, what, the early 60s with the Voting Rights Act, blah, blah, blah. And so that's that's you know it's all connected, and the more I learn, it's really kind of right, so, almost discouraging. So now, anyway. Tariq, my brain is full of the like the stuff that's hard to get my mind around. So I, I will oh. I will leave you with one thought. I don't want you to respond. I want you to think about it. I or you can respond. I think that I object to the Supreme Court being responsible for deciding whether Congress's laws are constitutional or not. I think the states, the states should nullify laws like that by not enforcing them, which is why after the Civil War, they had to create the Department of Justice to go in and enforce federal laws on the states because the states were just de facto nullifying them. But but the fact that we acknowledge the Supreme Court has this right to judge on legislation, I don't think that's in the Constitution, even though it was something that Thomas Jefferson, for personal reasons, kind of championed and got done. But uh, I agree 100 percent. It was the Supreme Court. They used to be in, in this little area. They didn't even have their own building for a long time. They, it was never nine people on a Supreme Court shouldn't be, in my opinion, and I feel this way very strongly that they shouldn't decide whether or not you have the legal right to, to murder babies. You know, those are states' people. rights issues. It's absolutely 
in the Tenth Amendment, all of that stuff. They're called the police powers. They have to do with health, welfare, everything. Uh, I got to take a break. Tariq, you, uh, <laughs> as always, I, I want to hear more about um, your many opinions. But I got to take a quick break. And then I want to play more of these clips that I think belie that Mueller is and the congressman are playing games with us. Uh, open some more calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. It's all real. Oh, my God, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. So I want to get back to the what I think is back and forth designed to allow Mueller to play into the old man thing. And Tariq brought up that he thinks that Mueller is doing that to get out of future testimony. And that reminded me of something Binkley said to me that I just thought was so funny. What was your angle? A lot of older stand-up comedians will joke about the benefits of being older, and often those benefits include acting like you didn't hear a question or <laughs> acting like you're just unaware or oblivious or senile so that you don't have to do things you don't want to do. Yeah, they turn off their hearing aids yeah. and then nagging and, over. Yeah, and everybody <laughs> believes it's just because they're old. <laughs> clever. Very clever. So I wanted to emphasize, though, that or demonstrate one example of what I thought this— Question, why would you ask this question other than as a a, te- a memory test? So let's hear. This is Congressman Stanton from Arizona. Is he, does anyone know if he's running for, for president? Anyway, this guy I've seen around, I think, I think. I thought he was the one with Tulsi Gabbard having that exchange about the, the uh, wars. But let, I'll figure that out on the next break. Sorry. Let's hear clip 18. I'm disappointed that some have questioned your motives throughout this process, and I want to take a moment to remind the American people of who you are and your exemplary service to our country. You are a Marine. You served in Vietnam and earned a Bronze Star and a Purple Heart, correct? Correct. Which president appointed you to become the United States Attorney for Massachusetts? Which senator? Which president? Oh, which president? I think that was President Bush. According to my notes, it was President Ronald Reagan had the honor to do so. Under whose administration? My mistake. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so stupid. Maybe they're all the same to him. Because they all push the same agenda. Well, maybe Bush was always the one who gave him orders, whether he's in or out. (laughs) There's definitely a chance that. It's quite possible that Bush was running that kind of the show under Reagan. But no, that guy is not the guy I was thinking of who's running for president. But uh, he is a Democrat from Arizona. But why would he get up there and say, oh, here's your medal, you were Vietnam, and uh, pop quiz this this one job you had 35 years ago, why why is he asking him that? Why would he not ask him who pointed him as the FBI or what what he took office right after 9-11? He's credited for internationalizing the FBI. And Putin has criticized us for trying to enforce laws in other countries. That is Mueller's. Yeah. And, and unless that so why did you was, get a Purple Heart? Like, right. That's a good question. Unless that guy was trying to relate him to Reagan so that he could appeal to Republicans. That's the only thing I can think of. But it's Democrat. I don't know. Right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but (laughs) there is just so much more. I really, I want to get to uh, how we know there was no Russian collusion or there's no real evidence for it. So I can 
people keep quoting that as if that is a, a facts that have been stipulated by all parties. But I think Binkley and I are going to call BS on that after the break. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.